0: Befriend Your Body podcast. Too few or not too few? That is the question. Hi, Gio. Hi, Wanda.
1: How are you today?
0: I'm great, and you?
1: Good. I'm excited. We're going to talk about sensation today.
0: That's great. Looking forward to it.
1: So at the end of uh, the last podcast that we dropped, I had mentioned when we were talking about pleasure and joy that our emotions actually begin as a physiological event and change in our body Uh, not as a mental construct or even, um, I mean, they are emotions, but they actually start as a physiological change. And I suggested that I would talk a little more about that. So that's what we'll talk about today. I am not saying that we don't experience emotions as mental constructs because we do, but that the physiological change in the body actually comes first. And then our minds realize, oh, I'm really angry or sad. Uh, For instance, uh, if If you work with little children, or you have children, or I have some friends who have small children, and it's just so fun to watch them, especially if they're love children, so they're allowed to have their emotions. Um, I don't think I was really as a child, but these children are really allowed to have their emotions, and I've seen them get really, really angry, and and they're really little, and they're kind of stomping, and their face is all red, and you know, when they're little, when you're really little, you don't really understand emotions. You don't understand anything. You just know you feel hot. Mm-hmm. Things aren't going your way and you're all braced. And then you, the parent or the teacher says, oh, Johnny or Susie or Gio, you're really mad or you're really angry. And then eventually we learn how to associate the physiological change of anger with an actual...
0: A name an, for it. Exactly. Right? We get a
1: name for it. Sorry. There is a barking dog that is interrupting our podcast. So So when we're really angry, you know, we're aware now, we usually short-circuit and we just, I'm angry. But we might not have noticed that 10 minutes ago, our breath started getting shorter and our hands started fisting and our face started getting hot, right? A lot of us are pretty good at ignoring our emotions until they're really big. But our body is telling us how it feels by physiological changes slash emotions all the time. So to clarify this a little bit more, we'll talk about language. So the mental construct, or the mind's language, of course, is words. I am really angry, or I'm really happy that that dog stopped barking. But our body also has its own language, and it speaks to us, actually all the time. But we often don't hear or even try to listen, or some of us have forgotten how to listen. The body's language is actually that of sensation. When we're stressed or nervous, we often have a jittery, jangly feeling in our stomach or tightness in our chest. Um, you know, that's just to, just to name one experience of the sensation along with an emotion. But that's how the body tells us how the body is feeling. Perhaps you have heard these phrases, feeling, I feel that in my gut, You know that, mm-hmm. that hole in the pit of my stomach. Oh, or that tightness in my chest, right? Less often we may be aware of the, the lightness in our hearts or the warm expansiveness in our chest. Uh, those are some sensations that usually accompany pleasure. This is the language of the body. It buzzes, constricts, contracts, chills, warms, opens, expands, jangles, just to name a very few of the sensations that the body actually experiences.
0: So what you're doing now is just giving names to all the sensations, right?
1: Yes, except not all, because yeah, I
0: mean, I mean, you're just putting name using the words to describe a feeling that sometimes we're just feeling it, but we don't know exactly what it is, right? Or we're not noticing you're paying attention enough to it, right?
1: Right. Perfect, yes. And what often happens is we don't pay attention until the sensation gets so Mm -hmm. big that we feel so emotional and then we have a hard time dealing with Mm -hmm. it. Whereas if we were to listen to the sensation of anger or sadness or confusion to name a few, as soon as the body started expressing it, then we could stop and it would be a lot easier to calm ourselves down. So yes, the emotions are built from sensations and physiological changes in the body. So yeah, you got it. And I'm just naming a few. There's a chart in somatic experiencing, and I think they have like a hundred words. When I first saw it, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But the more I've tried to listen to my body, the more I realized that Body's really talking all the time. There's actually a fancy phrase for it. It's called interoception, or some people say introception. Uh, but it's basically how the internal organs and muscle skeletal system uh, talks or sends message to our, our conscious brain. We, there's pressure, internal pressure, or like I said, movement. So our inner body can talk to our brains as well as our you know our our mental. Um, constructs can also say oh I feel this as well so one of the reasons that we're often unaware or completely ignore our body's messages is that a lot of us have forgotten that language we deem these messages irrelevant irreverent can't talk today uh, to our busy grown-up lives somewhere between elementary school and high school many humans cease listening to their bodies and begin to really kind of live in their heads um, think about if you have children or you've, you're around children I mean they are so body they know when they're hungry, when they're mad, when they have to pee um, the only thing you can't trust them is when they're little sleeping you know, you know they're exhausted but they're not willing to go down but generally they're very aware of what they're feeling in their body but it seems like it's a language that we tend to, to lose our culture and our role models often reinforce the message that our mind is the master and carrier of the most important information. Often it is our poets, musicians, film directors, artists, creative types etc who are the holdouts staying connected to both languages, which is one of the reasons we adore them so. Think about some of the most, you know, powerful movies or songs that you hear like they evoke visceral mm-hmm. sensations mm-hmm. in you. So those are really helpful. Um, ways to actually start to go back to listening to the language of sensation if this is something that's fairly new to you. If a person lives or hi- in his or her mind a majority of the time, she will potentially have trouble really experiencing her emotions because she or he are not truly inhabiting their bodies. Remember, an emotion is a physiological shift that happens in our body that then our mind begins to get like, oh, I'm angry or I'm sad. Until the sensations get so big, and then that's usually when we we can't ignore them anymore, even though we might like to. This is one reason why people sometimes who spend a lot of time in their heads obsessing or worrying experience high levels of body anxiety. The body is a lot bigger than the mind, especially when it comes to the negative emotions. Not because they're bad, but because they feel so bad. Anger, fear, and sadness, when you have tried to tamp them down and ignore them for too long, eventually they surge out and kind of blow up. When they do, it's usually a mess. We rant at someone or go into deep depression or have anxiety or panic attacks, just as a few examples. So uh, any, any thoughts or uh, questions you might have, Gio, about sensation?
0: Um, I have a question, actually. Uh, good sensations we actually sometimes don't overthink or overname and we feel it but we don't pay too much attention because they're good and they're pleasant but the bad feelings are the ones we try to hold more right or hide or right or, or no because you were saying about kids and I understand that most of the times when we're kids we're told don't don't do that don't don't feel that don't feel the anger don't feel the pain or don't show it So, do you think that this is related to the way we are taught as kids how to feel and how to demonstrate our emotions?
1: Well, that's a really good point, and I think it depends on your parenting, right? Like, I think really great parents actually allow and, and encourage their children to experience their emotions and express them appropriately. I think we did a mm-hmm. podcast a while ago about experiencing and expressing emotion. That that's some of the ways to metabolize a big emotion. And so I think really healthy parents don't stop their children from being angry. Now, they may stop them from hitting Susie, uh, you know, but they allow them to be angry and then mm-hmm. they teach them use their words or so so but you're right parents who don't allow that or if we're taught to kind of it's not okay to feel that or you know then yes we will absolutely be much more likely to try to smother the negative slash quotes emotions Um, and and what you said about the positive ones too is it's kind of sad is that sometimes we actually don't pay enough attention Mm -hmm. to them so we're missing so much joy and beauty in our life because life is good most of the time in in the u.s of a at least in most other parts of the world and so um, by not paying attention to our positive sensations we're actually missing Mm -hmm. a lot of joy and pleasure so that that was a very good point well, that's enough for today uh the next podcast will be part two and we'll talk a little bit more about embodied present living and also how to more easily deal with emotional storms so i hope you listen in and again thank you listeners if you have any questions or a uh, content you'd like to hear just contact me on my contact page on wandabrothers.com and we'll do a podcast just for you thank you geo thank you wanda